Hello, everybody, and welcome again back to Off the Tape. This is your host, Spencer Ash Jones, and I welcome everyone to join in here and listen to our uh, drafts part one preview talk for the upcoming 2020 NHL entry drafts, where we'll give our insights, our thoughts, and you know maybe our wild picks here and there uh, for the upcoming uh, NHL drafts. Uh, joining me for this episode is Steph. How's it going, bud? It's going well. Uh, our remaining team members have left us to do the penalty kill once more, so it's just you and I today. Uh, but other than that, it's going pretty well. Uh, like you said, episode number 10, uh, and it's going to be a Peter Bondra episode, you could say. Bringing back some old players here. Well, that was the exact player I had on mine, too. <laughs> oh, well, our current number 10 uh, is yet to be re-signed, so I think you may know who I'm talking about there. Bobby Ryan? No, that 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 one is gone. That number 9 and number 6 Be is gone. gone. Yeah, exactly. But I'm talking actually I'm talking about Anthony Duclair cuz he's also our number current number 10. Ah, yes. Well, for my I, number 10 then, I'll go along with the uh, the current only goal scorer in game 5 of the finals here and Corey Perry. Oh, yeah. Well, or sorry, pass, as as the Winnipeg Jets love to call him Katy Perry. Uh Katie Perry. <laughs> uh wasn't drafted hopefully with that name but uh <laughs> well so as we mentioned this will be an episode we're going to go a little more uh, in depth and give some analysis on the upcoming draft and this will be part one of part two where we will provide our insights and thoughts on the top 10 selections of the upcoming draft here yeah and i mean what a deep draft it is so we are gonna probably be going i think after pick six it's going to be a whole bunch of players up on the board potentially to be chosen by certain teams uh because i think that kind of as we discussed there's the clear cut number one and there's a clear cut two and three but after that four to twelve it gets tough there's a lot of players with a lot of different skill sets that a lot of teams could potentially use so we'll see i mean we'll see where we'll see where our picks lie i think i think we kind of we tend to think quite similarly for some of these things but there are you know sometimes you, we disagree and it's going to be interesting to see which ones we kind of disagree on a little bit yeah no definitely and especially when it's you know it's being referred to as one of the more heavily talented uh, drafts since the 2003 NHL draft and yeah. especially when you're looking at you know the top 15 top 20 picks here you're looking at two defensemen and a goalie, and everyone else is a forward. So for yeah. some teams here, it's like, oh, you know, you may have wanted a defenseman, or, you know, maybe you needed a goalie to go as high as this one potentially is. But yep. it's really, really, really uh, forward heavy here. And, yep. uh, you know, and it's kind of difficult to say for some teams, you know, it's like, well, you know, if you have a, like maybe a Galchenyuk situation, you know, where, yeah, I start off as a centerman, there's good potential there, but. He just can't make it, and then he's thrown on the wing instead, or you know, maybe not even pan out in general. And <clears throat> but uh, it's it's gonna be a, a cool draft to look back on in the years to come when you see a lot of these star-studded names come forward onto the ice. For the yeah, team. and I and I mean star-studded. I mean, speaking of star-studded, I mean the New York Rangers are gonna be full of stars. They already are, but they're gonna be even more full of stars when they draft their number one overall guy. And I think we both agree and know who this man is. And since, you know, he come, he's, he's played for Ramuski for a couple of years, and he is actually... Spencer, where is he from? He is from St. Ostash, 
Quebec. Yeah, uh, I think I think we can both agree that uh, Alexis Lafreniere is going to be the number one overall pick by the New York Rangers. And, and you know, we talked about it. Yes, the Rangers have this log jam with all these left wingers, but... Why, why wouldn't you just continue to add on to that, you know? Why, why wouldn't you add to Capo Caco and, and, and Kravtsov? Why wouldn't you add Alexis Lafreniere? That's going to be three wingers under 20 on your team. Yes, you might need a center, but the New York Rangers, they just traded Mark Stahl. There's cap space, you know, so I, I'm not too worried for them. They are going to be set on their wings for the future, and you can't go wrong with this pick, right? Well, and that's how scary it is. No, exactly. Completely agree with Alexi Lafreniere being selected first overall by the Rangers there after winning the first overall pick in the part two of the NHL draft lottery phase. But, oh. uh, but when you're looking at, you know, your top two lines and the wingers – are going to be, you know, Kapokako, Artemi Panarin, uh, Alexi Lafreniere, and Vitaly Kravtsov. Like, yeah. that's just, you know, and, and you know, and then when it's just like, well, Panarin's 28, and as you mentioned, the other three are all under the age of 21, all the, or sorry, all in the, under the age of 20 years old. Like, that yeah. is just, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's going to be, you know, it, it's Broadway, it's Manhattan, it's New York, it's where stars go to play. Oh, it's going to be an absolute show. It's going to be the show, you know. The, the Knicks suck, so the Rangers are going to be the show at Madison Square Garden, you know, for years to come, like for the next decade or, or even two decades. It's going to be kind of annoying being in the Eastern Conference with them, but thank God we're not in their division. So I'm speaking as an Ottawa Senators fan, of course. Yeah, well, who knows? Yeah, it's... Uh, the Rangers have really lined themselves up pretty well here. And that even goes to say that they also uh, also own the Carolina Hurricanes' first overall draft pick, too, this year at 22nd yeah. overall. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll uh, get into that later on, too. But well, when you're able to have two first-rounders in a deep draft like this... Uh, sure, they probably need another D-man in there as well because they do have Keandre, uh, Keandre Miller coming up through the pipes as well. Yeah. But uh, and then again, they also have uh, oh, what was the guy that they had? He didn't want to report to them this year, and because they suspended him, Anderson. I can't remember. Raz- I can't remember. I th- I think it is. Yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, just off the top of my head. But yeah, I, I, yeah, they yeah, have sorry, that second yeah. Elias Anderson. Too. Yeah, because even though it's not going to pan out with him, the dude still has a lot of value, and Ian right there yeah. alone, that's going to be able to bring in a lot. But yeah, I think uh, the overall consensus is that uh, yeah, Lafreniere will go first overall by the New York Rangers. Yeah, and uh... and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little switcheroo here. I, I'm just gonna preface this and say I think we know who the Ottawa Senators are going to pick because it's gonna be the player that the Los Angeles Kings and number two don't choose. So I, I, I let's let's flip this around and not say who, who we think. Well, we, we could say who we think LA will choose, but I, these two players are so different, but bring such they bring so much value to the team in two different ways. And we went back and forth so much on who we thought was going to be not left over, but in reality, left over for Ottawa to pick. You know, LA is already so deep down the middle, but Quinton Byfield was the guy that originally a year ago it was him and Lafreniere you know so a lot of a lot of people still say well you know what maybe it kind of got to his head maybe he got a little lazy in the last year and that's why Tim Stutzel kind of came closer to him also Tim Stutzel's 
performance at the World Juniors was absolutely unreal as well. You know, just his skating was on display and he was playing so well against the top teams. But, you know, is is Byfield going to be a guy that maybe if Alexis Lafreniere disappoints, he's the gem of the draft? And, and, and would the LA Kings pass up on that? Because, you know... They they just they they just can continue to add on to that center depth, and then there's obviously the Stutzel connection with Marco Sturm, who's with the LA Kings, and I don't know who to pick here, so I might have to lean on you here to kind of give me some more info on what you think might happen. Well, first off, you know you got to have a good segue into you know going from pick to pick here, bud. You know you got to go talking about it. you go from you know the stars of Broadway to the stars of Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not wrong, I guess. Hey, man, what is this? The NHL setting up their uh, big franchises on the East and the West Coast, these top two picks. I'm, you know, as a Senators fan, I call BS. This is some BS. Well, who would have thought, you know, the two finalists in the 2014 finals would hold the first and second overall picks this year, eh? Yeah, yeah. It, well, I mean, it's been a while, but, you know, they had so many players in their primes then. You'd, you'd think that five, six years later, they wouldn't be in this position, but here we are. Yeah, but uh, no, like you said, you know, even the, uh, I believe the director of the Los Angeles Kings or director of scouting, ha, director of LA, that's funny because it's Hollywood, but no, the, the uh, director of scouting <laughs> for the uh, Los Angeles Kings was quoted as saying how it's basically a coin toss for them. You know, yeah. you, you know, you get one guy, you know, the product of Viersen, Germany, and Tim Stutzel, Stutzel, Sorry, uh, where you know he can play down the middle, he can play on the left wing there. He turns quite a few heads with his performance, as you mentioned, the World Juniors, and really gave himself a lot more stock there. Um, yeah. You know, uh, but and that's the thing is how you know he can play down the wing. He also has the ability to play uh, down the middle as well there. And yeah. when you look at a team like LA, where it's like, yeah, you know, you got Kopitar down the middle there for like the next you know five to seven years, likely. Um, yeah. But then you have you know young guys as well, and Gabriel Velarde, who as, as long as this kid can can stay healthy, he's had a yeah. lot of back problems, or yeah. you know in the last five years even, or even the last three years. If he you know he finally got to play some NHL games this past season, and he did very well in his role there. But if he can uh, perform, he's going to look solid down the middle there. And then just last year, they also drafted Alex Turcott. Yeah. So with the likes oh, of, man. you know, Turcotte, fifth overall pick, Velarde as well in there, uh, yeah. down the middle they're looking good. So you'd almost think that, well, you know, there's three prime solid centermen right there. If need, yeah. if one, you know, if we happen to draft Stutzel, you know, at least Stutzel can play the wing because he is accustomed to that. Yeah. But in general, he's another centerman which doesn't hurt us at all. You know, yeah. um, whereas, you know, if you get the product of Newmarket, Ontario and Quinton Byfield here, you yeah. know, the first overall pick in the OHL priority selection draft in 2018, yeah. it's a, he, he's a prime, he's kind of like your Ryan Getzlat, the way he can, his size, the way he, his playmaking abilities are, and just the way he's going to be able to perform and produce at the NHL levels, a good uh, comparison there. But uh, but he's someone where it's like you're drafting him. He's going to be a centerman, yeah. you know. He's he's no need yeah. for him to go on the wing. He can perform damn well down the middle there. Yeah. So you know, same thing with all with the, as you said the auto Sanders. Dorian came out and said how for them that whoever of these two players, whoever uh, L.A. does not select, Ottawa will be right behind them on the podium immediately. 
uh, ready to draft the kid. And, you know, they're sensational about either player to draft. Ha. Well, you know what? I I, I think that uh, when you say podium, you mean they're just going to virtually be waiting to announce, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> announce the next person ASAP, considering we're in this COVID reality <laughs> these days. But you know what? I am just going to say I think... Look, I want Ottawa to draft Quinton Byfield. That's just personally the way that same I'm here as well. Yeah, but I think that the LA Kings can't pass it up. I, I just think that this is one of those things in the top three where it's gonna have to be you pick the best guy available for these three teams. Uh, so the Rangers obviously with Lafreniere. I think LA will go Byfield uh, because it's just it's never a bad thing to be deep down the middle. I mean, the Penguins have shown that for more than a decade. So why not do that if you're LA as well? And I, I, that's what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to get uh, Quinton Byfield of the uh, of, of Sudbury of the Sudbury Wolves, if I if I if I recall correctly. Uh, and on your notes there, did I agree with that too, or did I say Stutzel? Uh, I think that uh, I think that originally I was leaning Stutzel, uh, and then now I now the closer we get to the draft, the more I kind of really like Quinton Byfield over Tim Stutzel. And don't get me wrong, if Ottawa drafts Tim Stutzel, I'm not going to be mad at all. Like, that is an amazing player. I just know that he's more long-term. It's I think that we know that Quinton Byfield, the moment we draft him, he's in the lineup on day one in December or January. Stutzel, we know, is going back to Germany. So I, I think I'm agreeing with you more about what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago where it's Byfield now. Uh, because I, I think that something has, something has scouts all choosing Byfield over Stutzel now. Uh, and I think that might just be going back to the fact that he was just so highly ranked earlier and it was him and Lafreniere that were so close before. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go Byfield for the Kings. Well, and as you mentioned there, too, and that's what some people have connected with, is the German connection there uh, between yeah. uh, uh, Los Angeles Kings assistant coach Nico Sturmer. He is from Germany. Um, yeah. Recently, he just coached Germany to silver medal at the 2018 Winter Olympics. So yeah. he never... He did coach some uh, junior Germany teams, but never at uh, the same time with Stutzel. Stutzel is always a year too young. Um, yeah. But just, I don't know, uh, having that, a little bit of that uh, connection there and be able to hang about and having someone to recognize, you know, may, maybe you don't have something like that entirely, like as an example with Dreisaitl in Edmonton. But yeah. Well, although Dreisaitl did play two years in the or one year, one or two years in the WHL, so he got a little connection to Canada there at least. But so yeah. uh, I could again, I know a lot of people are making that connection immediately with Sturm, uh, yeah. uh, being both from Germany. But I, I can, I, I think I'd go not because of that, but I, I think LA will look to go with Stutzel. Okay. Just just because they're or they're already so deep down the middle, and knowing that Stutzel yeah. can play and immediately jump in on the wing on the team, you know they'd yeah. be fine with that and everything there too, and be able to keep yeah, the I... likes of Turcotte and Velarde down the middle, uh, then they're yeah. perfectly fine and set with that. Yeah, I, and I mean I think that if that happens, and in, in Ottawa obviously ends up with ends up with, I mean Ottawa selects sorry Quinton Byfield, that automatically addresses that top line center for the Ottawa Senators, which they're desperately missing. I mean, sure we do need more D and 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 maybe another really good right winger, but I'm not worried about Ottawa potentially addressing that with their with their fifth overall. But but for their third overall, like we said, whoever LA chooses, Ottawa gets the other. So you say. 
you say Stutzel for LA, I say Quinton Byfield, which means I feel like Ottawa gets Stutzel. And then it'll be vice versa, yeah, for the third pick there. Yeah, vice versa. <laughs> and, and and that's the thing. It's 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 one of those weird things where we maybe have a guy we prefer, but I'm not sad. I'm not sad or mad if we get the other one because I feel like with Stutzel, he he said he's going back to Germany, correct, for the year. Uh, who knows? Once he's honestly drafted, it could be anyone's guess because maybe whether LA or Ottawa may be interested in bringing him back but uh, yeah. I could see there being no harm in letting him stay out there still especially during yeah, and, COVID yeah yeah and but you know honestly bringing him into Canada I mean he's uh, just looking at some of these some of the characteristics you know like you said Quinton Byfield's this gets left like he's just big he's Quinton Byfield's just six foot three six foot four nearly he's already 215 pounds he's so grown up so he's only going to get bigger he's only going to gain those 10 or 15 pounds maybe lean out a little so he just becomes this absolute powerhouse but Stutzel his two-way game is absolutely revered and with how fast the game has become having a guy that's so reliable up and down it's just you can't say that Ottawa's gonna it's a missed pick with him either so I, I can't say I'm gonna be mad with either but I think I think if they do take Stutzel LA, Ottawa getting Byfield addresses that uh, that top line center for us. Yeah, no, and no, and, and I agree too. I think it's uh, I could easily see LA taking Byfield there as well at number two. But, it's too difficult. Uh, it, it, uh, like like their scout said, right? It's a complete coin toss. You get you know either yeah. a solid power forward down the middle there, uh, yeah. you know, a mix of your Kopitar and your Getzlaff. Or, you yeah. know, you get a little more slender guy who brings a little more speed and a different dynamic. It's two, like, different dynamics that both players bring to the table, you know, but both down the middle there. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that brings us to, we could say the uh, very unfortunate Detroit Red Wings, who tried so heavily to tank this whole season just to try to go after Alexis Lafreniere, only to drop to fourth in the lottery. <laughs> only to drop to fourth in the lottery behind... By the way, just so all the fans know, that Ottawa pick at three is not Ottawa's original pick. That is the pick we got in the Eric Carlson deals, which makes it even thank sweeter, you. you could say. Yeah, thank you, Pierre Dorian, for no, uh, no. that wonderful thank deal. Thank you, former Ottawa 67 and Ottawa native Doug Wilson, for helping out his local city team. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. I guess you could say that for sure. But but yeah. So but but to go back to number four, I I think that this is where things start to get interesting in the draft. This is where, where this is where we have to try to get into the mind of Steve Eiserman, uh, and get into his brain and, and just think about where he's gonna pick because he does like to pick interest. He he takes interesting picks. Detroit has always picked interesting players. Um, so. You know, I think they're picking the forward. I don't think they're going to J. I don't think they're going to go to Jamie Drysdale here. It's just which forward are they going to go for? Their needs are everywhere apparently because I think Iserman's just total rebuild mode, and I think I'm just going to lean towards them. I don't want to say they want to go back to those old days where they had those top European players, but I'm going to lean towards Lucas Raymond. Um, he has been in his former coach at the world juniors has compared him in a way you know he, he's a bit of a smaller he's not smaller but he's 510 and he's kind of light he's being compared to mitch marner in ways uh by by his previous coach which is kind of an interesting comparison he's shifty he's smart he's really good at passing and that's definitely something that the detroit red wings could look to add uh, with lucas raymond what about you yeah it's uh 
Well, like when you look at Detroit, it's like you know they don't even they don't have a, a goalie of the future or anything. But I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to be willing to uh, to waste a fourth overall pick on a goalie. Um, yeah, no. I think like you know you saw last year with the with Eisman's first ever selection as GM of the Detroit Red Wings where he went way off the board and drafting Moritz Sider uh, yep. from Germany too there. Uh, yep. You know, where Sider is projected to go between 10 to 20, and, well, you know, they had no hesitation in taking him, at, I believe, sixth overall in 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're looking pretty well for the future. On the, like, not solid coming up on the fence in the future, but when you have the likes, you know, as I mentioned there, Sider, uh, Chalowski, um, they had a, a Hironic, you know, he's coming along in there, even Jared McIsaac potentially with some good high potential there. Um, I know there's another guy from Sweden, so it'll just say something, son. Um, but I, I think they could potentially, yeah, be looking at going for a forward here. Uh, you know, recent drafts, you know, where they took upon uh, selecting Michael Rasmussen, Philip Zadina, still yep. Joseph Valeno, who's only 20 years old. It seems like forever yep. ago that... He was the first ever uh, player given exemptional status in the QMJHL draft. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, for those guys there, because even they're like, they're, you can kind of say they're core players now in your Mantha and your Larkin and your Bertuzzi. All those guys are already, you know, over 24 and older. You, you yeah. need some younger guys there, especially if you're hoping to compete in a, in a few seasons. Well, those guys are yeah. all going to be ready to test the UFA market, you know? So, yeah, and I think uh, one one thing actually that you mentioned, speaking of players over 24, I think one thing we mentioned is last year, did they have any players under 23 on their NHL roster at all? I, I don't know that Detroit did. I think they, I, and that might have been part of the tanking plan, but I remember us vividly talking about that and saying how they need to bring these young guys in and, and they need to continue to draft more young guys and, and get them get, get some NHL experience under their wings. Uh, I think it was just their forwards because Chalowski, if I recall yeah. correctly, he's at least 22 and Philip Ronick is also 22. Not sure Those if they're in forwards. the same birth year, but yeah, all their forwards are 24 or older uh, last yeah. season. Yikes. So yeah, there you go. There's just no youth there. But but that's also kind of like the old routine that the Red Wings had done, you know, where they had, you know, when you look at your Datsuks and you look at your Zetterbergs and your Franzens where, yeah, sure, they weren't drafted first, second, third round, you know, they're later guys, but they, they took the patience, they let them wait it out, took their time, yeah. you know, developing these guys. And it's definitely, I, I believe, what you saw Eisenman did with Tampa Bay. And when he's more than happy and okay to do again here now with Detroit because he he went through that process as a player you know he saw it having to be patient as a player till the right guys Mm -hmm. developed and came and joined the teams there you know yeah Uh, so I can definitely see them uh taking their time again with the likes of your Chalowski your Hironic your Valeno your Zadinas and you know with the fourth overall pick there I know a lot of people uh were pegging them to go after Cole Perfetti yeah, mainly it's... only mainly because he played with the Saginaw Spirit, and Saginaw yeah. is an hour and a half drive north of Detroit there. But I, yeah. I think that's just a little too obvious to make the case. Yeah, and I, I think that I think that you 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 might be right though. You know, heavily scouted, they they know him well. Um, I mean, Perfetti is a little bit bigger than Raymond. Raymond's a little bit smaller. Well, Perfetti's a centerman, and Raymond's a winger too. 
Yeah, and I think that actually Perfetti's been listed both as center and left wing, so he's kind of got that dual. I don't want to say dual citizenship, but he, huh. but he can. He, he, yeah, no, no, but he can play uh, in both positions, which may be something that Detroit looks looks at uh, more than than Lucas Raymond. You might be right. Maybe that is the more comfortable pick. So. Oh, no, I, I don't disagree with you, but it's something interesting to consider. This is where things get really kind of... This is where things start to open up a little bit. Yeah, I, uh, I think they're... Raymond. Yeah, I think they're honestly fine not selecting a goalie. I think they're feeling that they're all right with skipping out on a defenseman this high. Um, yeah. And they'll just look to go for a forward. Uh, you know, um, I know that there's a lot of high hopes from Philip Zadina personally that he was going to make the team out of uh, camp, and obviously he didn't. And, you know, I just got to buy into it. And I'm sure it'll be the same <laughs> thing here with whomever they draft. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, like you said, you know, as soon as you get to this fourth overall selection, it's pretty wide open on the board there. Yep. Um, you know, even another name, if they really want a centerman, is also Marco Rossi, right? Yeah, and he, he, I mean, he's somebody that we watched live quite a few times this, this past hockey season uh, before COVID. And, and I mean, he is, he's super, he's a super skilled, fast player. And that's something, he might be on the smaller end, but that doesn't seem to matter. I mean, today's NHL, there's a lot of really high skilled, smaller players that are, that are successful right now. So yeah, I guess, I guess it just depends on where Steve Eiserman's leaning and Detroit needs everything. So well, do you uh, have it yeah, there? What been... I said, but when we talked, when we were talking about this before at all? Yeah, well, I, I said that it's just getting those young guys in the system, and that it's gonna be a forward, but it's gonna be a little bit of a toss up depending on what it is. And and Perfetti, the, the note about Perfetti being very heavily scouted is something that where they there they they might lean towards. The the thing that we had talked about is Detroit is they do go off the board sometimes with their picks. So maybe do they go even deeper down? Do they do they surprise everybody and? maybe randomly do pick a defenseman bring to bring in jamie drysdale but you know surprise everybody i don't see it happening but you never i mean you never know right yeah no exactly and uh yeah you know i i yeah i, I think you're uh, it, it definitely will be a little uh interesting to see who they just do select there um yeah i, I think i would kind of look at perfetti as well just because he he has been a really good player uh, yeah. with the Saginaw spirit of the OA Ontario Hockey League and his two seasons there and just being able to perform. And they were going to go really deep this past season if it wasn't for COVID. After uh, last year, they went all the way to the conference finals even. Yeah. But, uh, you know, here, here's a guy, you know, you can, he's centerman, he can play on the wing as well. He's not in the same tier as your Stutzel or your Byfield, but he's a guy who will be able to perform and can naturally yeah. play uh, multiple positions, you know, up front there. Yeah, he'd be a top five player on any team potentially if he develop if he continued to work hard and develop. And uh, so yeah, I guess I guess you and I are kind of leaning with those two players. But I guess if we move on, we move to uh, you mean move the back? original. <laughs> Hot, yeah, I guess. But if if we if we move to the next pick, we come back to our beloved Ottawa Senators. This is their original pick that also slid down. Um, who do you think uh, Ottawa picks here? I mean, let's be real. We know that Ottawa just needs forwards. I'm gonna lean forward, but who do you, who are you thinking here? I, I'm thinking that if Perfetti slides, that's the pick. Uh, but I don't know that the Ottawa Senators would go for a Jamie Drysdale or or a Lucas Raymond. Um, I think that Ottawa wants to continue. Dorian's had this 
streak of adding these bigger, stronger players. You know, Batherson's not a slouch. He's not a small guy. Logan Brown is a big forward. And so I'm thinking Ottawa needs to continue adding to the right wing. And adding to the right wing could very much mean a guy like Alexander Holtz, who's been compared to a couple of former big Swedish players. I mean, he's six foot, 185 to 190. So he's got room to grow and... I don't know. I, I'm going to actually, and a lot of people have Holtz down 789. I think maybe Ottawa surprises some people and picks him and, and just has him be a long-term guy that jumps into the team when Ottawa really gets going in a couple of years. Yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty special when you get to have uh, multiple picks in the top five there, right? Yeah, you know, I know. And certainly, I, hopefully, sets you up well for the future. <laughs> yeah, But exactly. uh, I, I think it was... Um, because this will be, yeah, their second of three first-round draft picks in this upcoming draft. And, yep. yeah, you know, it's, I don't know, a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but some people are saying that, oh, Ottawa will take uh, the Russian goalie there, Yaroslav Askarov. No. Um, no. So, for Askarov, he's been projected for uh, well over a year now to go even top five. I think as yeah. a lot of people uh, felt his stock was dropped in his World Junior uh, performance there. Um, okay. but you know, he, he's a guy where it's difficult to say, I believe just because it's, you know, you talk about so, so often about goalies going in the top 10, right. And yeah. it's either, it's a complete bust or it's complete, uh, you know, bold move of a selection there. Personally, myself, I'm not the fanciest with goalies that are right-handed. Uh, huh, I, yeah. <laughs> I think the last right-handed, the last starting goalie that caught right-handed that won the Stanley cup was Grant Fuhrer. Back in the yeah. 80s there. Uh, sorry, yeah. actually, no. It would probably be Tom Barrasso with the Penguins in the 90, in 91 and 92. Okay. Um, still, you know, back in the 19, in 20th, 20th century. Um, yeah. And how, uh, yeah, Matthew Guerron was the last right-handed catching goalie in general when he won the Penguins in 2009. Yeah, uh, yeah. but other than that, I, so I can see Ottawa going for a forward or defense. It, it's definitely, they're pretty well covered on the left side there. And yeah. I think it, if you're looking, again, like, like we've mentioned, how they're going to get a centerman in Byfield or Stutzel. They, you know, even if they happen to get Stutzel, they're going to, you know, really push for him to be down the center there. Uh, yeah. So you're definitely looking at either it's going to be a right winger or it's going to be a defenseman. Yeah. You know, and Ottawa with Dorian there, another little track history is he loves drafting players that go to the University of North Dakota. Oh yes, he does. That's right, bud. Secrets out. <laughs> yeah, he lo No, he loves that. These that, couch that, potatoes that came across that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we've been talking about that for years. It's just the track records there. You I literally called it last year when they selected uh, yeah. Pinto. I'm like, well, here's a guy from University of North Dakota, projected to go in the second round. Wouldn't be surprising if Dorian gets him. Of course, you know, second day of the draft goes by, it's like, holy shit, we did draft him. Of course, because he went to University of North Dakota. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, speaking of a player that's down there, I mean, we all know who it is. Pretty well-known hockey family. Bernard Docker? No. <laughs> Chalinski, or what was his name with the Sens that they drafted there, too? But, oh, uh, yeah, there was that other one there. Just with their history of players there. Uh, yeah. Oh, Chlonic. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Chlonic, Klonic, but another D-man there. I don't remember either, yeah. Um... And then you, uh, but yeah, you know, so I think if they go defensive route, I could see them totally be interested in going after a guy named Jake Sanderson. 
Yeah. The definitely. son of former NHLer Jeff Sanderson. Yep. And I mentioned this where I bring it up uh, on the last episode, but j- just the funny thing I find with this family is how Jeff Sanderson was actually born up in the Northwest Territories. Yep. For people that are unaware of what that is, in Canada, we have 10 provinces and three territories. Territories mm-hmm. are where they barely see any sun and see everything that is white and snow and nothing else, really. Uh, yep. So he was, but uh, I think he was the first ever player from the Northwest Territories to make it to the NHL. Uh, maybe. And uh, but but so so just along the lines of you know as we talked about, I think we brought up last episode. It's kind of cool seeing where some players, you know, basically where, yeah, when we mentioned about Jeff Petrie and where some players are born, depending on where their fathers played, or even potentially like if their mother was in uh, a professional athlete and where their family uh, was suited. Well, yeah. for Jake Sanderson here, he was born in Montana while Jeff Sanderson was playing for the Blue Jackets and another team at the time when his son was born. Yeah. But it's just like, how, I don't know, I, I just find it kind of funny. It's like, of all places, you're in Montana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then yeah, they have, uh, he has a younger brother uh, who was born in Calgary and then an even younger brother where he was born somewhere in Alberta as well. But, uh yeah, I, I think uh, I think as they're saying is how Sanderson is the better defensive defenseman than Jamie Drysdale, but Drysdale uh, brings a little more offense to his game. But I think yeah. but I think when you do look at Ottawa, it's like well we already have a Shabbat, we already have a Branstrom to bring that offense. You know, sure yeah. they're both left-handed defense, but you also have a JBD and Jacob Bernard Docker who yeah. can be you know be that right-handed offensive defenseman on the second unit. You know, we don't need another right-handed defenseman to be as offensive as a Shabbat is, you know? And and that's yeah. kind of what Drysdale is. And Drysdale is looking to be like a future number one power or first, like a, like the number one defenseman on the holding back a power play quarterback, you know? Yeah, but one thing that I have read about, um, about Drysdale is as much as he is very aggressive – on offense, he's just as aggressive on defense. You know, he he isn't one to kind of, you could say, you kind of like Eric Carlson was in the last couple of years with Ottawa before we traded him. Very lazily skate around and try to poke the puck. He is very much a guy that is gonna be in the guy's face. He's gonna be down low. One thing that I've read that has constantly come up in his scouting report. Um, Especially with related to like, especially related to maybe like, not the combine because uh, that that's kind of tough, tough, tough has been tough with COVID. But his low body strength has been something that has been touted as absolutely insane, and that's something. Yeah, I'm that sure the girls have said that too. Yeah, <laughs> the three legs. But yeah, uh, I think that definitely something that's come with him is is. It got like I remember. I I love to read scouting reports. I, I love to read like what physically stands out about a guy when when looking at him, and something about him being so strong down low is something interesting to see because they say that he his ability to do lateral crossovers and skate and close the gap on wings and be in the face of a of an offensive player is something to behold, and I would. I honestly wouldn't be against that in Ottawa. Another right-handed guy to add with uh, JBD. I mean, you're looking at a... If that's a guy to bring into your top four as well that can, you know, that that can develop in the next couple of years, you can give Shabbat maybe a 
like just a vet to play with. I, I wouldn't be against us doing uh, drafting Drysdale, but I still think we we need to lean to offense, and that's maybe where I go to that Perfetti being left to us or a Holtz. So I, it's hard with Ottawa, but I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. We surprise and pick Holtz. For example, that's what I'm gonna. I'm just gonna surprise and go Holtz. Well, and that's the thing because again, because we both agree how Ottawa needs a right winger as well, and if they do look yeah. one. Like you're saying Holtz, and I've seen a few people say that even Ottawa is taking quite a liking to Jack Quinn of the Ottawa yeah. 67s as well, and yeah. also because Jack Quinn is also a local. Well, as much a local kid as you can say, uh, yeah. because he is from Cobden, Ontario. So up in the uh, white, it's not very far. Yeah, up in the Whitewater region. So just over an hour yeah. drive northeast of here on your way to North Bay. Um, yeah. But I can see, I, I've seen a lot of people reference, and I, I really kind of hope because Ottawa did a lot of that in uh, in the past decade where they went for a lot of local players, and it just never yeah. panned out at all. Paging yeah. CC. Uh... Yeah, well, not just that. I mean, and, and I really hope that that's not something that came from Pierre Dorian when he was around Brian Murray. Uh, that might have been a scout that was with Brian Murray that, that kind of pushed him to do that. I, I think that Dorian's kind of had his own mindset of where he's wanted to draft players. If they do lean that way, one th- interesting that I've, thing that I've seen is a lot of Dawson Mercer talk uh, over over Jack Quinn as a right winger. And, and there, it's kind of been interchangeable between those two. So... Just depends on who Ottawa is most comfortable going with. I mean, if they're going with that size on the wing, then Holtz is your guy, and he's actually quite skilled as well. He's got really good hands. He needs to work on his skating a little. But, I mean, if you get a... I mean, Mark Stone needed to work on his skating and look at where he is now. Very high-skilled player. So, I'm going to go Holtz. uh, But I'll let you kind of guess where Ottawa might go with the fifth in this very deep draft. Uh, I I think I'm going to lean towards... uh saying Jake Sanderson, just gain that defenseman. Um, Even for Jake Sanderson, now the interesting thing is how, and these are for all American players, uh, is how he, again, he's so he's committed to the University of North Dakota, but if they don't have a season, uh, it'd be interesting to see where he opts to go and play for this season then instead. Until, because he he actually was uh, initially not even committed to uh, University of North Dakota until two years from now. So so maybe, I'm again, maybe I'm a little biased just because it is Ottawa and just looking towards the future of, uh, you know, the team and everything. And I was just like, you know, here's a guy where he's not even looking to go play college hockey for two more seasons, not even just one, even if he yeah. is now. You know, it's another American player where you know he's not going to come and commit to the Senators in the next, like, two years likely, you know? So it's like, again, yeah. Ottawa's not looking to win now. Here's a guy, yeah, let him pan out, play to uh, develop at this school where we have several other players. He can get acquainted you know, with Bernard Dockard and Tyler Chlonick there. And, you know, look at that. There's three defensemen who could fill our top six, top eight roles there who all have yeah. played one to two years with each other. And yeah. along with even Shane Pinto as well. So I can... I, I, I think I'm going to go that way with Jake Sanderson at fifth overall for Ottawa. Yeah, the product and, of I mean, Whitefish, Montana. Yeah, what a rant. Yeah, Whitefish, Jesus. Uh, that is definitely a very uh, North U.S. state name, you could say. <laughs> well, I don't know, you know, that maybe it's just because, you know, when his dad's like, well, I was born in, uh, you know, Northwest Territories. You can't get a little more weird than just saying Cardinal Points. So, yeah, we'll go, with, um, you know. Stay in this place called Whitefish. I mean, Montana's basically the Northwest Territories of the United States. Let's ah. just say that. 
But uh, but I guess when we move on to Anaheim, I think that this is maybe where we very much agreed on the fact that I think that this one's this one was kind of weird because as deep as the draft is, it almost feels obvious based on uh, Anaheim's track record and the fact that they need a defenseman again. Um, one thing we discussed is they have a Boston pick later in the draft that they can take a forward with if they need to develop. And this that this obviously leaves them needing a right-handed D-man and Jamie Drysdale. That's my pick. I'm going to keep it short and sweet and go with that. And another note that we had talked about is whether Manson is going to be good enough for them as maybe a second D pair or if Jamie Drysdale is just a guy that they can bring in right away to, to start playing in that role. Yeah, I think it has been Bob Murray's tendency to just draft the best player available. And it certainly yeah. has worked a lot better than uh, the Buffalo Sabres wanted to do that. But uh, <laughs> they, they definitely have uh, something with, you know, going after a few, uh, you know, Scandinavian players and everything there. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I think I think that was a thing I agreed to as well, seeing how a defenseman, you know, you can never have too many defensemen and everything. It looks great for them because they, they don't need a goalie again. They have nope. John Gibson, who's going to be with the Ducks for the rest of his career there. He's only 27 yep. years old right now. So you don't have to worry a goalie until, you know, we're in our 40s. Um, yeah. Actually, yeah, he's the same age as us. Well, that's funny. Um, you know, old. and you look at their forwards uh, and, and just like the upcoming core they have and Troy Terry, your Max Jones, your Sam Steele, you know, um, you have Trevor Zegras as well as coming up, Maxime Comtois. There's five yeah. forwards who are going to fill up your top three lines who are all under the age of 22 and younger. Yeah. So so it just seems logical. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say logical, <laughs> but I, I I'd say I, I think yeah you could look at a defenseman, especially where it is yeah like you say you no know, here's Drysdale a right-handed D-man. They only have Manson right now in a top four role. Other than that, they don't have any other you know big name right-handed D-man they're coming up along the way. Um. So I yeah I could see Drysdale there. And it would almost be like uh, in 2011 when they drafted Cam Fowler 12th or 13th overall. And it's just like, yeah. you know, what, what a steal and lucky of a pick where it's like everyone's letting him drop. Well, whatever was said in the interviews, we could care less. We know he's going to be a top two, top three NHL D-man. And we'll absolutely yeah. accept that right now for what it is. And it might be just my brain blanking, but in the last two to three years, who is a defense... A- budding defenseman who's going to be an all-star superstar that just pops into your head my brain is totally blanking right now um Barovitsky? no oh my god no maybe at maybe he'll be the best at growing weed among all the nhl defensemen but i don't know about uh, i don't know about actual superstar like budding d-men that were drafted in the last two to three years there really hasn't been anybody off the top of my head that that i could just immediately think of and it's kind of scary with Drysdale because you think, oh man, if Ottawa passes up on him and he just becomes this absolute stud, which he which he already was in Erie, let's be real. Eh, but but Anaheim taking him just doesn't surprise me. I mean, they've taken they took Vatten in before, and it's just up they, them drafting Demon just has has worked out for them pretty well. So I'm gonna go with uh, that that pick for with Jamie Drysdale at number six. Yeah, and, I, and I'd agree with that too. It's just again for someone like Bob Murray where he has. Pretty good fortune and good luck and uh, just being yep. able to have these good players fall on his lap. 
And, you know, yeah. he's already licking his chops, you know, even before the appetizers come out. He's already got dessert in front of him. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, you know, uh, why not take this guy? What's the absolute worst that can happen? Even if he's a year or two away from making it to the NHL, we're completely fine with that. And so he's able to develop because maybe we'll move out a guy or two out there and maybe another guy will come along in there. But, yeah, no, I definitely agree with Anaheim looking at Drysdale there. And so that's the interesting thing is I guess at this point one guy that because I, I said Perfetti or Raymond to Detroit and lean towards Raymond, and then I said Holtz to Ottawa and Drysdale six. What do we say that the New Jersey Devils need, Spencer? They, they need one of the, you know, six positions on the ice. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah, they need help everywhere, literally everywhere. And so I don't want to say Perfetti might be a guy that's going to slide, but if he's available. I mean, I, I even give it like 12 games and they'll need help at the like, head coaching role too, probably. They'll, they might need the stick guy to get to they might need a new stick guy spencer they might need a new everything they may need a new guy to sharpen their blades the the physios might get fired because they're not recovering their players fast enough i don't Team know photographer but, yeah. is still using you know something from the 80s and everything too there new catering service everything like <laughs> just, yeah new jersey needs everything i mean that what's that what's that dude um that's on tlc that buddy guy that makes cakes tables ladders and chairs him. No, that's a that's a WWE event. Uh, shout out to uh, Vince McMahon and, and all his amazing uh, pay per views that he does. Shout out, that's a pretty shitty one. But uh, but I yeah, I'm gonna be honest and I'm gonna just say Perfetti or Raymond, depending on who's available, who's left. Uh, I, I don't know who to pick. Like you said, they need help everywhere. Like maybe they do go that Sanderson route because I haven't picked Sanderson yet, and he might be that D man that they need. He, I mean, he's a big guy and. Oh uh, yeah, this is this is where it starts to get tough. I think this is where we'll start to see us just start to pick totally different players. But I mean, New Jersey just needs help everywhere. It's hard to hard to say who they're gonna pick. I'm just I'm gonna go Perfetti, uh, Perfetti. Yeah. Well, this is also new, uh, the first of three first rounders that the New Jersey Devils have. They also own yeah. the Coyotes' first overall selection at 18th overall, and as well as the Canucks' yeah. first rounder at 20th overall. Um, yeah. So I, I think as much as they like, I, I think they would they would love to get yeah a defenseman in Sanderson or Drysdale. Uh, yeah. But for myself personally, I think they'll already be taken by them, and I don't think yep. they'd be willing to uh, what you call it uh, waste. Yeah, waste and everything a pick on that. Yeah. Um, or or sorry, or, or use like oh you know here's the seventh overall pick. Uh, you know we can get a defenseman at 18th or 20th. Uh, we, we don't yeah. need to use it up on a guy at 7th when we have all these offensive guys. Um, so you don't think that if Drysdale was available at 7th, you, you think they'd skip over Drysdale? No, uh, well, because they already have uh, Ty Smith coming up. And Ty Smith is going to be looked to be like a solid offensive D-man for them. He is a lefty, though. Um, yeah. So I could see, yeah, you know, they're willing to bring in. It's kind of like Colorado, where they're gonna have a fun situation with Bowen Byram and Kale McCarr leading their defense corps oh, to, yeah. you know, seven championships. Uh, yeah. But uh, if, if Drysdale is available, well, like we said, they need help everywhere, right? And if they're yeah. willing to wait a couple of years, and yeah, I think Drysdale could be available to them there. And it, it's just kind of unfortunate when you know they had first row, first overall draft pick in 2017. They draft Nico Hishier. And it's just like, you know, he's not going to be a perennial all-star legendary kind of player. 
And then, oh. you know, just about 730, 740 days later, same situation. First overall draft pick, and you wind up with a Jack Hughes now. Now, you yeah. could say, you know, maybe some stuff's out there on the table, but I do remember a couple people uh, before last year's draft where they're saying how Jack Hughes can be related to Nico Hishire quite a bit. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, you know, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong in the future, people. And I'll be happy to say and agree that I was wrong and everything. But if those two cannot become legendary, all-star, fantastic players and everything here and there, you know, it's it's you know you, you have it. You're you're good down the middle. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, Pavel Zaka can maybe wind up turning out to being good. Even maybe Michael McLeod, mm-hmm. just somebody here turn up into being an, at least a number one centerman who can yeah. put up a decent amount of points. But, like, they need help on the wing. I, that's the thing. I would say they don't need a centerman because I think that they'll be fine with your Hishire, your Zajac, your Hughes, your Zaka, your McLeod, you know. Um, so I think for them, they would, you know, e- even in Nets, I could kind of think and see that they're leaning towards Mackenzie Blackwood as being as their goalie of the future. He's only 23 years old. He did take a lot yeah. of uh, games play, or he did play a lot of games this past season. Um, but I, I kind of see him as being, you know, maybe being like an old Kolzig where it's like, yeah, he could be your starter for as many years, but look at Kolzig, you know, he made it to the finals once in his career with the Washington Capitals and never anything yeah. outstanding, nothing big. I, I just don't see Blackwood being a guy like that where he, he's going to be able to run away with being, uh, you know, an all-star goalie, a Vesna winning goalie, even a William M. Jennings winning goalie kind of thing. But I don't think that. Yeah. But I don't think they're willing to waste the um, or waste or use the seventh overall pick on Askarov still. No. And I, I think that you know they, they're kind of you know, yeah. If Sanderson and Drysdale are already taken, I think they will go with a winger, and I think they would go after a, a Swedish winger. Yeah, Raymond or Holtz, you're thinking. Eh? Yeah, because they would have either option, because uh, they do love their European players. And mind you, they also have a good track record with acquire, with drafting 67s players too. So there's your Rossi and your Quinn as well. But well, why would you take one of those two guys when that's just picking another Hishire potentially or another Hughes? It's another small guy that's skilled, but you need a bigger center too. Oh, exactly. That size difference. So I, I know a lot of people are paying him to go higher, uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, you've already mentioned him being drafted. I I know a lot of people are paying him to go top five even somewhere, but yeah. I, I I don't know, maybe and you know just for what I'm thinking and everything, I think the product out of Gote Go Gote Gotteberg Sweden. And Lucas Raymond's could fall into the hands of New Jersey Devils. Yeah, and I mean, like I mentioned, he's that Mitch Marner kind of guy, wheeling, dealing, very skilled player. It's just, it's a, it would be a great addition ultimately, and you can't go wrong with that one. You just have to hope that it pans out to be a, a guy that can play on the left wing on your top two lines down and and score big goals and make big plays. So yeah, I can't disagree with you. Um, it's for me, I, like I said, it's the leftover of on the left wing that's going to be picked there. I had said Detroit would take Raymond, so I have to go Perfetti, but it, it could be one of those two, you know, like because you had picked Perfetti earlier, so we're, we're kind of like flipping where which one we're going to pick there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like we already yeah. know, yeah, teams will just be trading the picks that we made because obviously we already have this down and uh, making a living off the bets off it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're covering our asses basically with these picks that you could say it's and it's totally accidental I mean, these are things that we talked about and 
It just happens to be like that. And speaking of another team that needs help everywhere, I guess we can move on to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, the, just just an unfortunate franchise, period. I, I can't go past that. And, and it's just, I mean, they... Well, they hold the record enough. with the Toronto Maple Leafs for the longest Stanley Cup drought. Yeah, Coincidental but... that they're, you know, just a little highway apart from each other? I'm just saying the... it. <laughs> I mean, something's in the waters of Lake Ontario, so uh, we, we, they might need to they might need to go test those waters a little bit. But it's but close enough I, to Flint as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! R- rough. Actually, no, it's but, not. Uh, Sorry, that that was a dumb comment. Anyways, um, <laughs> go on. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's Detroit. Detroit hasn't been much better, so you could say all three teams geographically are pretty close to Flint. But 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 going back to the Sabers, I mean, I I am going to go with. The product, well, he's Austrian with an Italian last name. He has played for our beloved Ottawa 67s. Jack Eichel just needs a center behind him who's very skilled and can help him out. And I feel like Marco Rossi's that guy. Um, I think that based on the players we said were also chosen so far, you know, we've thrown in Drysdale being gone. They don't, they're not going to go for Sanderson if he's left over, at least on my end. And the wingers are all gone. So I think that, I don't want to say this is an easy choice because, I mean, obviously the order could get messed up, but I'm going to lean towards Marco Rossi. And I think this is a guy we actually agreed on for them being chosen. It just seems like Rossi, people are saying he could have go as high as fifth. I just can't see it. I I, I watched him a lot here in Ottawa. And I, I I mean, he's a big guy for his height. He's just under 5'10". He's, he's 185, but I just can't see uh, him going higher. So I feel like Buffalo is the logical choice. Yeah, as as we mentioned, they need help a little bit everywhere, including you know ownership and uh, you know scouting because they don't have anybody since they fired everybody just a few months ago. Um, yeah. You know they they clean house bigger than a, you know doing a garage sale and getting rid of all the crap in your basements. It's almost as if the Pagulas forgot to sell themselves. Ha! Yep. <laughs> but it's a but the one thing I think that they are completely betting on though. By driving up to Niagara there and going to the casinos, is that Uko Pekka Lukanen is going to be their goalie of the future. He's only 21 yeah. years old. He had a standout season with the Sudbury Wolves uh, two seasons ago, leading them yep. being the MVP or goalie of the year for in the OHL that year. Um, so yep. I think they're fine in that. I don't think they'll look at the Russian keeper in Askarov. Um, no. On defense, again, there's no. If Sanderson and Drysdale already taken. I don't think they're, they'd be willing to take on their defenseman up at 8th overall. But they already wow. have Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Yoki Haru, who are yeah. you know 20 and 21 respectively, years of age. So yeah, I, I, I could see them being fine with that. And plus the fact that they have so many defensemen already who are you know under the age of 20. You know, or sorry, Jesus, under the age of 30. You know, you yeah. have your Brandon Montour. Ristolainen will be traded. But your Colin Miller and even your Jake McCabe. So I could see them where it's like, you know, we're not willing to draft a defenseman because we're already kind of set in stone with that uh, for yeah. the next... Like, we don't want to draft a defenseman now who's going to be joining the team in a couple of years because we're already set with all these NHL-ready defensemen. We just got to figure out yeah. who the hell can actually play at this level still. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it definitely is, yeah. when you look at the biggest problem for them, it's definitely when you look at Jack Eichel as your number one centerman and he's got no help down the, down the middle with them. 
You know, yeah, it, it no. just hasn't worked out with Tage Thompson. It just hasn't worked out with Casey Middlestat. Nope. Um, you know, Xenius Gergensen's he's old now. Yeah. You know, it's it was good to see for the Buffalo Sabres stand. You know, even Sam Reinhart, you know, second overall pick, and he's not exactly lining it lighting it up. Um but he he's performs better, I, I think, as a right winger there than as a centerman, you know? Yeah. So it, it's again you need someone down the middle there. Um it was a pleasant surprise to see Victor Olsson, a seventh-round draft pick, be able to create great amount of chemistry with Jack Eichel. So yeah. I think for there, they're just like, yeah, you know, we're fine with those two there. A lot of people do kind of say sometimes that if you can just find two guys on a forward line that have chemistry, just throw someone else on there to do the dirty work kind of stuff. Yeah. And one thing, and I just wanted to ask you about this, because I think that we're kind of both settled in a way on Marco Rossi. Uh, bringing that help to Jack Eichel. I mean, Jack Eichel's only 23 years old. and well, I wasn't done talking, just... but go on. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, sorry, no, you can finish your point, and then I'll get back to mine. Well, so that's the thing. It's it's definitely going to be a center or a winger. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I think it does make sense with Marco Rossi, and I think just for Buffalo, they just have that tendency to just, like, because I know they've all said Buffalo has always had the smallest, like, scouting team just because of mm. what their budget has. Like they've never, yeah. like they've never had a lot, or like a lot of uh, personnel on their scouting departments. Okay. Um, so I could see them, you know. Obviously, they'll have their notes, they'll have their all their scouting reports. But I think just when when they do see the offensive numbers from Marco Rossi, they'll just be like, oh, like, obviously we have to take this guy. Imagine him and Jack Eichel together down the middle. We got a righty yeah. centerman and then a lefty centerman. Like we're golden. We're perfectly set up here now. But it wouldn't surprise me if they do happen to go after the likes of Alexander Holtz as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's just here's another winger who can jump up into the top uh, two lines here. Uh, big body. Yeah, big body. Jump up into the top two lines there. Yeah, you know, you, you have still. someone like Victor Olofsson who's, you know, also from Sweden there. And the two of them can conduct real well. Even a Dahlin as well. So well, Johan Larsson too as well if they keep him. Yeah, so it's so a good little Swedish connection there. So I could kind of see that, you know, as... Uh, Buffalo Sun becoming a good little Swedish hotbed for uh, the Sabres here. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, yeah, you could be right. I mean, that's if Alexander Holtz is left. Um, I mean, he's, he's big, big, highly skilled guys like that don't come very often. So if he is available, that's definitely a pick that I could see them taking. I'm still going to lean towards Rossi. And I think that one thing that you could say Buffalo did quite well is acquiring Eric Stahl because... You don't have to rush up Rossi this year. You can kind of say, okay, well, we'll, we'll see how if Eric Stahl can stay healthy. Well, Stahl's got one year play. left on his contract, too. Exactly, yeah. So you can kind of tell Rossi, you know, you have another year to kind of develop on the side, unless unless they are that aggressive and bring him in. I mean, they got superstar Curtis Lazar there for another two years, technically, on his contract. So maybe uh, they'll put him on put him in somewhere but but they could maybe even sign a center i don't know if sabotka's been playing wing a lot for them uh sorry center a lot for them oh, i think he'll probably walk as a free agent even yeah i am gonna agree with you there he's 33 he's a little old for that and, and yeah like you said gergensen's just not happening so yeah it's in reinhardt they they i mean reinhardt's an rfa they could keep reinhardt and reinhardt could play on that third line with with uh maybe eric the the, the wily vet eric Stahl playing on the second line uh that that could hide rossi for another year or so so that he could develop and that might be helpful if they see it that way i mean who knows uh, i can't disagree with you with holtz if he's left over but i'm gonna go rossi 
Yeah, because uh, the only other reason why as well is why I'm kind of leaning towards uh, them going to the winger is because just last year, Buffalo did select Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins. Yeah. Dylan Co- Yeah, I think Dylan Cousins. Seventh overall, yeah. and he's a prime centerman because uh, he's the one who's from Whitehorse, Yukon. Because oh, once yeah. he plays right. in the NHL, he'll actually be the first ever player from the Yukon to play in the NHL. And That's pretty so, cool. So I can kind of see them hoping that if Cousins, 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 happens to pan out, well, there's your centerman, they're fine with that, and then they can be like, yeah, now we just get another winger. But, you know, yeah. Renault, you know it, it, it never hurts getting too many centermen because if you can play center, you can play on the wing, you know, just as, e- you know, easily to play on the wing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's why I, I kind of lean towards Holtz there maybe or why yeah. I do lean towards Holtz just because I think with drafting Cozens last year uh, and having obviously Eichel there that they maybe finally see themselves fine with their top two centermen's. Um, yeah, maybe. And then uh, go along with a, a winger and someone like Holtz there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. Uh, that, I guess so. That that was Buffalo at number eight. We have the Minnesota Wild, the state of hockey, nine. the hockey state. Yeah. Where so things get are... wild. <laughs> but they're they're in an interesting situation because I think in the last couple of years they've taken a lot of forwards. And they need that D-man. And I still have Jake Sanderson left on my list. Ha. So I'm going to say that, you know, the young man who's born a couple states over doesn't have to go far and joins the state of hockey. I feel like that's just the perfect pick for them. You know, that, that all-American kid uh, coming to play. Who was born the... right next to them, who's going to school right next to them. <laughs> I, I just feel like that... You say links in hockey, right? Those are some, they're there. They're not absolutely direct, but you know, it's in that area of the United States. It's in it's in the hockey part of America. And I just feel like Minnesota Wild are screaming with Jake Sanderson. He'd have amazing role models to play with. We know Matt Dumba's on the way out too. And okay, well, yes, Matt Dumba's on the way out, but we know that Jake Sanderson would, has also committed to. Uh, to North Dakota, but but still, you know, he'd be nearby. They could keep an eye on him. And I'm just going to lean to the fact that they just need a young D-man in their system, one that's not going to be too expensive for them for the next couple of years as well when they sign him. So I'm going to go Jake Sanderson, but I know that obviously if Jake isn't available, then they have to lean to what I would say they would lean towards the center personally, but I don't know who. I don't know who. Like, Marco I don't Rossi? Know if that just... <laughs> No, well, for you, maybe. Yes, because he's still available, you could say. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's... I'm going to go Sanderson. I'm going to go Sanderson, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty interesting because I'm actually very intrigued to see what Bill Guerin will do. Um, yeah. I, I, I've had really high hopes uh, for whenever he was going to leave Pittsburgh and whichever team he was going to be joining. Lo and behold, of course, it's the Hockey State. And... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I think he's going to do quite a good job with the Wild down there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I, I don't think he's going to be willing to draft a goalie. You know, they, they might be thinking that Capo Kakkonen is maybe their mm-hmm. goalie of the future. Um, he got a few games this past season, so maybe they might be thinking that. They, ha- like, they have four goalies who are all under the age of 24, so they could be holding out, be fine with any of them. Uh, yeah. It's like you said on the fence. They're, they're only 
real interesting name they have coming up is uh, Kale Addison, whom they acquired from the Pittsburgh Penguins as part of the Zucker trade back at the this past this past trade deadline. Um, yeah. So so they have you know Kale Addison, who's a right-handed D-man coming up there, potentially someone who could replace Dumba in a couple years. Uh, yeah. But but it is true, you know. Aside from him, your Brodine, uh, your Spurgeon, your Suter, even your Dumba, they're all 26 and up. So they, yeah. they do need somebody on defense. Even when you look at their forwards, it's, yeah, you know, you look at your Victor Rask, he's 27, but he hasn't really been showing much promise. Uh, I think they got a great guy in Kevin Fiala there. But I mean, it's a lot of their big-name guys. There's, they're, you know, I think it will be actually very interesting to see Kirill Kaprasov coming over from Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's 23 years old, but I but he's got a lot of hype and a lot of stock and value to his name. It's it's Radulov like it's Radulov like you could say. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And uh, you know they have Luke Kunin and Jordan Greenway there. Uh, but but I think just overall, like you have your Kaprasov, who's your only, and even Fiala now, who are your only legitimate first line forwards that you have. Everyone else is yeah. a solid second or third line kind of guys. You can throw in yeah. even Ryan Donato in there too if he can turn it around again and start playing like his uh, beginning of his career at the Bruins. But yeah. uh, I, again, I think it'll be very interesting just with Bill Guerin because he's been with the Penguins for a long time, so he's seen a lot of their work and everything. And yeah. uh, but I, I think I could see them go towards a centerman because mm-hmm. I think that they they think that they're fine on the wings. Um, one guy we actually discussed, and, and I don't, I don't want to jump in and put words in your mouth, but I think that this, this is a kid that I think is going to be the steal of the draft because of where he's just been ranked in the top Anton ten. Lund- <laughs> ha. It's a steal no, in the no. top ten here. <laughs> no, well, you might end up going with Marco Rossi finally, but I'm gonna say Anton Lundell is a wonderful option for a lot of teams based on what I've heard in the scouting reports and just about how he treats his body and how focused he is on that. So that's just a guy that I look out for a lot in this draft. Um, I, I'm kind of sad that Ottawa didn't, that the Islanders went so far and that we didn't get another mid-teen pick because I feel like that's a guy that Ottawa definitely could have gone after. But I don't know if you were maybe leaning to Lundell, if not Rossi. So I'll, I'll let you pick. But I just want to shout out to Anton Lundell as being a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up between 8 and 10 somehow. No, I think, uh, honestly, like, L- Lundell would be, like, a pretty uh, notable name to select, uh, being on the board left over there, being a prime yeah. centerman that he is. He's not the most offensive guy, but he does bring yeah. a terrific two-way game. And he's big. He's a big kid. He's 6'2", 185 already. Yeah. So, like, that's big for a, for a European player. And to be that highly skilled and smart, have that IQ on the defensive end, you can develop the offensive part. When well, that's the thing. I, I think he could, like, like, looking at his stats and looking at other comparisons and everything, I think he could look a little bit like a Rupe Hintz. Just maybe not maybe. as offensive as Hintz. So... But it's yeah. a guy who he can play on your second or third line. He'll be a complete unknown player because, well, you know, first off, you play in the Western Conference and no one ever talks about them yeah. unless they're in Canada or, it, yeah. well, actually, you know, because McDavid's in Edmonton. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, and also because Minnesota does have a lot of history drafting Scandinavian players. He's he. By the way, he plays in the Finnish league. And who's the, who was their who was their captain up until now? Well, yes, Miko Koivu there, who's now going to be leaving yeah. because they've already told him that they're not bringing him back. 
But he's he's a guy that uh, that Lundell's been kind of compared to at times too. So, so injury prone. <laughs> wow, well, no, I don't I don't know about injury prone because I think that Lundell's a little bit bigger there than uh, than him. But that's just a guy. I I want to hear who your pick is. But that Lundell's just a guy that I love to bring up for discussion because he is that defensive minded, high IQ kind of player. But who do you have the Wild taking if not a guy like uh, like a Sanderson that I said? Yeah, no, I think I definitely have to go with either Rossi or Lundell. I, I think Bill Guerin will go after a centerman. First uh-huh. ever draft uh, draft selection. They're pretty good on the wings. He definitely loves that he acquired Kill Addison for like next yeah. to nothing and Zucker, along with the other parts of the deal that they got in that. That was a um, great deal. Yeah, from Minnesota, they're holy. Uh, yeah. But I think it's just like he's fine. Who they have on the wings, defense, it'll take time. But he's got a couple guys coming up. Goaltending, yeah. I think they're fine with leaving that. And I think they're going to go with the centerman. I just know a lot of people pay Rossi to be selected fairly high. But yeah. Lundell has been projected to go as high as even like that tenth spot even. And here's Minnesota yeah. at ninth. So yeah. Uh, I, as much as I'd like to say Lundell, I think I could see them go after Rossi just because Rossi yeah. is higher projected there. Um, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think I will go with Marco Rossi being selected ninth overall by the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, and and I guess uh, this brings us to our 10th uh, pick here, uh, and this is uh, another Canadian team here in the top 10. Uh, well, uh, when I say another, I mean the second Canadian team in the top 10, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh this is where I have Anton Lundell, personally. Um, it's really funny because Winnipeg needs a defenseman. And I personally, as I've said, I don't think Sanderson is available if, if, if he's available to Minnesota. So I'm going to say they go with the center. They've had, they've had this streak of picking these Scandinavian players. Uh, so I don't know. I'm going to lean towards Anton Lundell. How about you? I think that he would just help. I, I think that um, there's plenty of firepower over there. I mean, Line is so strong from an offensive standpoint, but I just think they need help with a very high IQ defensive forward that could maybe not jump in this year, but in two or three years, they still have pretty good young players that could just help out. Yeah, they're a team where they, they don't care for the goal for a goalie. Um, you know, they're fine with Hellebuck. He's only 27. Um, defensively, it was, you know, major loss losing your Myers, Bufflin, and Truba all last offseason, really. Um, yeah. and you're like, yeah, you have your Joshua Morrissey who's 25. So he'll, he'll handle the load, but uh, yeah, like there's not at least nope. to me, like Billy Hanola, he's a guy who could, who will, honestly, the thing funny thing too is Winnipeg is Winnipeg has like struck gold on every first round selection they've ever had really. Yep. So it won't surprise me if Billy Hanola will pan out well as well there into a top four guy, but oh, for sure. it, it's definitely, it's difficult. It's kind of difficult to say with a forward just because they're just so stacked. But it's also where it's like it's like they don't need one to come immediately, right? And once in, you're no. in that tenth spot, well, how how common is it for a guy to be ready within two years, even even yep. at the tenth uh, overall selection there? But oh, for sure. I, I, I yeah, I, I could kind of see them wanting to go after a centerman as well. Just because Blake Wheeler, he's already 34 years old. Mark Shifley, he's already 27. Um, that's crazy. And that's the thing. They, they did throw Wheeler down the middle and also on the wing. But they are. But you saw, you know, this last past year in the playoffs, right? Shifley went down. 
they just didn't have anybody to replace him down the middle in that uh, qualification series against Calgary, you know? Oh, they got screwed there. Yeah, that was rough. So, and, and that's the thing, you know, there's some rumors floating out there that Line is going to be available. Potentially Ehlers is available. I, I think just Winnipeg's going to complete, you know, part of my French when I say the wild card here, since they just drafted, uh, you know, before this at ninth overall. But yeah. I, I think, you know, they're going to be. Uh, I don't think they're going to trade away their pick. I think they're going to stick to whomever is going to be available. But, yeah, it's if uh, Drysdale and Sanderson are already taken, then they'll definitely go after a forward. And I think they will have to go after Sanderson. So I think, yeah, I'd have to agree with Lund- – you said Lundell? I said Lundell. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see them going after Lundell as well. They're just <clears throat> needing that uh, depth down the middle there because they're a little, a little weak down there. You know, yeah. even though they do have the likes of, you know, Christian Veselainen coming in down the line. But, yeah, again, yeah. he's another winger. Wait and see what happens with David Gustafson there as well. But yeah. I think it might be time. And, hey, if you happen to get a guy who's able to come in two years down the middle there and be able to push Blake Wheeler onto the right wing, you know, that that's yeah. pretty darn good and everything there. So I think, yeah, I think uh, Lundell would be pretty good for them there at 10th overall too. Yeah, and this is just to say, you know, there's a lot of really great players still available. I mean, if they wanted to lean defense, they could go and they could get, uh, you know, Braden Schneider, who, who played out in the Western Hockey League. He's an absolute giant big boy. He is Sanderson's height, but he's got about 15 to 20 pounds on Sanderson going into this draft. Um, you know, there's still, we didn't mention Quinn, for example. Quinn's another guy we didn't mention. Dawson Mercer is available as well. He's been... A lot of teams have mentioned Dawson Mercer as well, and he's his draft stock has gone up in the last couple, uh, last little while. One little surprise pick that I think Spencer uh, mentioned, and I don't think he's going to be available uh, later. Uh, he's not going to be available later in the draft, but uh, sorry, late in the twenties. But I think uh, a guy that you had mentioned that was actually from Winnipeg is Seth Jarvis, which is an interesting one. I doubt they pick him because he's not slated to go till maybe. 16 through 20 but that was a guy we had kind of discussed well maybe winnipeg just yeah brings home a hometown kid brings in the kid to play at home maybe that'll motivate him to to really get to work and you know nose to the grindstone work on his skills and, and pan out i mean he's not a small guy he's a wing but that's the thing they'd be adding to the wing there and and that's something that i just don't know that they would do and that's where that Lundell picks. Uh, and, and that's a guy we had discussed. I, I remember a couple weeks ago, Spencer, it was kind of Lundell seems like the steal of the draft. It's just whether if, if in that, and that's really if that offensive game clicks in, if the offensive game clicks in, it's dangerous because then you get a very, very good two way center. And that kind of starts to remind you of other amazing two way centers in, in the league. I mean, we mentioned Koivu. Uh, Bergeron is a stretch, but you never know. Yeah, right? Bergeron and, was a second round draft. And that's the thing that's so funny, too, is how you, you look at so many of these all star players in the NHL. You know, it, it, it's just kind of funny. So many people love to talk about, oh, you know, they're drafted like top five. They're guaranteed to be, you know, a future Hall of Famer kind of thing. Yeah. And, but it's just like, man, so many of these players, though, were drafted, were, weren't even drafted in the first round that became like, you know, a top 2D man, you know, and like your Lidstrom, he was fourth or fifth round. You know, Duncan Keith, he was second or third round. You know, even here in the finals, yeah. you know, you got, you know, your Klingberg. I don't, I think he was a fourth or fifth rounder or so there. You know, Jamie Benn, yeah. he was a fifth rounder. It's also because he was playing baseball and almost went pro in that sport. It's it, like, you know, it, you're, 
you kind of, you know, it's always a crapshoot with whoever, whomever you get because you just, you never know, right? Um, yeah. But it, it honestly is like, it, like it's going to be so funny. We're talking about all these guys here in the first round, all these big name guys. Five years yeah. from now, we could be looking at someone in like the fourth round who becomes like a top two Norris winning D-man, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and just by the way, since we're talking about guys that come in the second and the third round that absolutely kill it, I mean... Our team has so many of those picks coming up, and that's what just has me excited. Is It's not just the fact that Ottawa, and we're going to loop this back into Ottawa. I think we've agreed on Anton Lundell finishing our top 10 uh, for Winnipeg. It's just so exciting to have so many picks as an Ottawa fan and, and to maybe see some of those players be picked by us that, that might turn into those studs. I, I'm so excited, and, and just, yeah, it just brings it, it just loops it all together. I mean, the fact that we have three and five is great, but like you said, three or five might not work out and maybe it'll be one of those guys in the later rounds. And that's part of the fun. And, and, and it also just comes down to how hard that player works in the gym and, and on the ice. And if you get a guy and hopefully you just pick the right guy with the right work ethic uh, that you bring in. Yeah. Right attitude and has the all around skills be able to help out in the future for the team. And uh, you know, even some other names that throw out there, you know, again, because as we've mentioned, you know, as soon as you get beyond, it's like, your first is guaranteed. Your two, three, you're guaranteed. It's your four to twelve, which is a crapshoot. Then it's like your thirteen to twenty, or even like your thirteen up to like twenty six or so. It's just yeah. all over the place. But it wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Held uh, Held you know, went up into the first round. You know, even Kid and Ghoul dropped into the top twenty. Uh, you know, Connor Zary, if he happens to go in the teens there as well. Uh, yeah. You know, as you mentioned, Seth Jarvis potentially there, maybe with Winnipeg because he's from there. Uh, a Dawson yeah. Mercer, you never know. Even a Ro Rodion Amirov from over in Russia. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, that, that was like last two years ago. Two years ago or last year, the Vancouver Canucks took uh, Podzilkin from russia and oh, yeah you know, i think it was i think it was too, yeah and they yeah. you know they took him 10th overall and i think a few people are like yeah it's around there but interesting that a team like vancouver was willing to go and to select him i don't think many people pegged as the canucks be willing to draft him but <clears throat> you know even the uh first overall pick in the qmj shell draft in 2018 and hendrix lapierre and you know with all his concussion problems like here's a guy where complete uh, he's actually from gatineau but playing for the Shikudumi Sogonen, if that's how you pronounce it. If not, well, you know, there's my French skills on Showcase. But, uh, but you know, a guy with all these concussion problems at, you know, I think three concussion problems in two years in the queue. He's not the biggest yeah. guy, but he, he was actually a guy who was pegged as being like a top five player in this draft. Yeah. But, you know, he only he was only limited to 19 games this past season and then COVID hit. But it's yeah. it's it's gonna be and then another big name too is also like a Brendan Brisson, you know, a good power forward centerman there too, but not as, uh, yeah, as as uh, as much like a Getzlaff or so, but maybe a little more uh, offensive touch, like not not saying it's like a Lindros, but someone like a Lindros where he uses his power and his strength there. But it, yeah. it is it's gonna be such a great draft with all these players and everything. So many, so many great names that we don't even know of that we're going to look back and be like, yep, 2020, of course, that's when he was drafted by. Yeah, exactly. But no, other than, the, and I think, well, I don't know, 
even as we've like we've constantly mentioned, but the goalie Yaroslav Askarov, I think we're yeah. Where is he gonna go too? You know, like it's just it does. I mean, we start looking down the line, and that's something we're gonna get into part two. Who the hell eleven through twenty needs a goalie? Because well, I I, mean, I, I, I think we've both kind of agree on where we could see him going. Maybe yeah, but still, you know, like if that team doesn't pick him, then it's up in the air to the max. Like uh, that that we think because then after that you kind of go well, holy shit! At that point, he's gonna have to drop to eighteen, nineteen, twenty, just based on the teams we see, and we're gonna get into that in part two. I I think that. I think that's so far. I think we should just leave it at this with the top ten and, and not mention anymore because uh, I think we want to keep the keep keep our secrets for the next part for the for all. Well, the, you don't want people to listeners. know that we think Askarov is going to go to, and that's where we think he's going to play really well for. You know, being yeah. down and and just performing because he has all his stock and everything. He's looking to be good, and this team doesn't have any goalies. You know, for the future yeah. entirely. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, without 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 this guy, I don't know what that would do, you know. Um, and then it's also uh, because because like a prime example is when you look like the Florida Knight, uh, Florida Knights, Jesus, uh, but the Florida Panthers <laughs> drafting Spencer Knight last year, uh, yeah. because everyone knew that Florida was going to come away signing Sergey Bobrovsky, you know, and they yeah, come out signing know, exactly. him to a seven year contract. It's like okay, so you sign yeah, him, yeah. now you go ahead and you draft the top ranks goalie in the draft. Well, he's going to be ready in the NHL in like, you know, three years maybe, maybe even push it to four. Yeah. Well, it's going to be quite the logjam with Bobrovsky there and everything because he, even Spencer Knight had a phenomenal season this past year too. But it's, yeah. and, and I don't know how many other teams are going to be willing to do that, you know? I know, again, a lot of people keep saying maybe Ottawa will go after him, but we just have such a logjam in net already. That I, I just yeah. don't see Ottawa willing to go after another goalie. No. You know, like, no. we already have Nielsen and Hogberg or Hogberg for this season. Uh, a lot yeah. of people are completely unaware of that, but Hogberg did sign a one-way contract uh, in his second year of his two-year contract, and second year yeah. being this year. So, it's like, they're good with Nielsen and Hogberg and Nets. After that, you know, in the minor, like in the AHL, you're going to have Gustafson and DeCord. Uh, being the the two starting uh, the tandem there, and you have Kevin Mandelis, yeah. who is just the QMJHL goalie of the year, who's likely going to be yeah. jumping up into the ECHL, the brand. Well, if there is an ECHL season, but be able yeah. to play up there and all, it's just like you know for stacks. Well, exactly. It's like sure, if we draft Askarov, he'll stick in Russia, but it's going to be such a big ass logjam for the future coming up then, in like two years when he comes over, it's like, well, where the hell are all these guys going to go? <laughs> Unless, of course, it's used for, like, trade bait or something. And then you just really kind of, you know, another Ben Bishop-like situation, you know? And look how well that well and Corey Conacher. Yeah. I mean, I'm just genuinely excited because once we get into next week, uh, we're just about a week away, you know? I mean, I'm super excited. I can't wait. I know. That I think we're, we're only, the, uh, uh, yeah, we're 10 days away from the draft. Nine, yeah, 10 days away from right now. Yeah, it's only 10 days. It's going to go by so quickly. I mean... And, and then not even that, I mean, something that our fans can look forward to in part two is we're just not going to talk about the draft. We're going to get into UFA discussions as well. We're going to get into that, and that's 12 days away or, or 13 days away. So it's just a lot. There's a lot coming up in, in, in the NHL in the next two weeks, and then we kind of go quiet after that, but it's just going to be a blast to be able to talk about Oh, yeah, this we got today. so much coverage for all of our listeners here. You know, so don't be stroking yourselves here or don't be making your panties just wet. You know, there's a lot more content and far more coverage coming your way, people. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that this kind of brings uh, brings a close to uh, part one of our draft talk edition. Uh, and I guess I'll let you uh, close it out here, Spencer. Yeah. So again, thank you everyone for clicking and joining on in for our podcast, listening to our uh, part one of our part two draft coverage. We hope you enjoyed it and learned a few things as we come up to the NHL 2020 draft. You can follow us on all of our social media handles at Off Tape on our Instagram, Twitter, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and find the rest of our other accounts as well on our Anchor account. Yeah. Yeah, I got tired. Man, honestly, I just got tired listening to all those. So follow us on all of them, everybody. Just don't don't be lazy. You get to all of them and click on. Exactly. So again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next shift, or maybe even the next selection. Cheers.